It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the last word on Spurs. I'm Richard Cracknell. I'm wishing I wasn't at the moment. And I'm wishing I wasn't a Spurs fan. And I'm wishing a lot of things at the moment. Uh, if you are listening in, well done. We will uh, attempt to draw up some chairs, form them into a circle and form a bit of a therapy group in uh, a rented church hall space uh, today. Um, well, listen, let's just start by introducing uh, the guests this evening and those alongside me, the compadres, to try and make sense of what's happened. And more than that, where we go from here. Um, yeah, <laughs> where do we go from here? First up, joining us, one of our ever presence, it is, of course, via the Daily Hotspur, in the place to be, uh, not to be this evening, to be or not to be, is Jamie B. Evening, Jamie. Yeah, good evening, Richard. And uh, yeah, of course, yeah, to all the listeners as well, I hope you're, well, I say I hope you're all doing well, out as well as you can be. Um, yeah, that was probably one of the toughest results of my lifetime. Um, it's very, yeah, very difficult to understand. And I think um, this is going to be a difficult show, but... You know, we all tried to stay as rational as possible. I think I don't, you know, I don't want to go too overboard. It was a horrendous result, horrendous performance. A lot went wrong. So, yeah, of course, everyone knows it was a disaster. So we'll try and I think we'll try and stay as level-headed as possible. Um, so we'll see how this goes. So, yeah, let's do it. And next up, uh, a man, one of our own, who comes in from time to time. And what a time to pick to come in. It is, of course, the one and only voice of reason, Mr. Jason McGovern. Evening to you, Jason. 
<coughs> Evening, mate, and welcome to the last rights on Spurs. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I've watched some disappointing days as an England cricket fan, and I've watched some disappointing ones as a Spurs fan, but uh, today was, uh, is a tough one to take, that's for sure. And um, I think my enthusiasm for Tottenham Hotspur has been, has faced a crisis week after that, that appalling display on Sunday and you demand a reaction and, and you get the players, you know, and I think Lamella posted, oh, tomorrow's another day and things like that. And then you, you see what we got tonight. I think that, that tells you everything. It reminds me of the reaction we got on the back of Bayern when we went to Brighton and lost 3-0 and uh, very much a similar scenario tonight. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, I think for me, I don't know about you chaps, it's going to be very hard to analyse the game per se because it looks like that there's problems much, much bigger than just 120 minutes this evening. But uh, for me, the, the problem as a fan, and we can only look at this as fans, is the ambivalence to it this evening. I was not angry not sad, not anything, that sense of not feeling. And it should never, ever, ever be like that, should it? That, that feeling of just nothing, no feelings, no emotions, no, there should be something now. And that's, that's a real worry. I'll start with you, with you, Jamie. That's just, I mean, I'm similar vintage to Jason, first game 75, 76, you know, that's, that's a lot of years. Don't ask me to count, I'm from Hackney, but it's a lot of years. And, you know, I've seen some terrible, terrible teams in quality, but there always seem to be that effort and commitment. And now it, it's just that abject like not caring and no commitment and no passion at all. Even those terrible 90s teams had that. And it's just taken, you know, I sort of reflect in the team at the moment, but just that whole passion and drive has gone. In a way, it is totally unacceptable. Um, I, I, I think when you look at kind of who is in this squad now, Gareth Bale's come back, his amazing homecoming. You had Harry Kane, obviously hitting the peak of his career at 27 years old. You've got someone like Lenny King returning to the uh, coaching staff. You know, that's kind of a recipe for it to all be so successful at Tottenham and, and really exciting. And it's it's just completely the opposite at the moment. Uh, and it's it's I, it's very difficult to know. Of course, you know, we had this last season, even under Pochettino, there was time. So, of course, you can question the players. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult to know. I mean, to have that sort of response after the game on the weekend, you know, it was, the weekend was abysmal, you know, mm. to with that, like that in a, in a North London derby is totally unacceptable. There was no passion, um, there was no commitment. It just didn't look like a team that was that was willing, that was up for the fight. And it was against a poor Arsenal side and, and, and they've actually looked like a very, we've made them look like a very good side. And unfortunately, again tonight, we're up against a side that were absolutely giving everything they want to get over the line. And, you know, they gave everything to, to win that match. And unfortunately, it was just a kind of a complete opposite of, of one team desperately wanting it and the other team just not. And it's not the first time we've seen that this season, especially in this competition. I think we've gone away to these uh, these clubs and they've, you know, they've put up a real fight against us. Um, you know, I think we had that 3-0 against Lask. Uh, we lost in Antwerp. So it's, you know, it's not just the night. It's been a number of games this season where there's just not been that fight and that passion. And, um, 
you know, I think you can certainly, you, you, you can certainly, you have to give the manager some sort of blame for that. But, you know, when you also look at, you've also got to start looking at the player, you also do have to put the, some of the blame on the players as well. So, to not even have that sort of fight and is is just embarrassing. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, for me, it's not, I think that the manager takes a large blame for what's going on, but I think the players have to look at themselves as well. Again, it's, you know, they let down the last manager um, and, and unfortunately they're letting down this manager as well. But again, I, I do think he's also let down himself in, in certain aspects. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jason, I'll come to you. And this is something that we brought up on our clubhouse call earlier before uh, kickoff um the mentality around the club now i use this word just to describe i don't like the word but this spursy and it's become a thing isn't it it's become a word that's being used to it as with us as a stick from other fans and broadcasters um so but it's this mentality the fans have this dark gallows humor um, I'm guilty of it myself. A couple of days ago, I actually tweeted and said, we all know how this is going to go down. Zagreb's manager's gone to gone to prison. He'll manage them from prison like Mr Bridger in the Italian job and, uh, and, and beat us. And lo and behold, it's happened. Now, you know, I put it out there in jest, um, but that's that's where the club's taken us to. So is it, have, have us fans got anything to look at ourselves with with our mentality. You see where I'm coming. Does that do you think that actually feeds in to the club and the dressing room and the players? And then you know they're negative and it reinforces our negativity and it backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards and we end up in this end endless circle. Or, <laughs> or is it just down to them to ignore that and and just come and, and and not have none of that at all? Well, I think it's down to them if they ignore it. Um, it's it's you know what fans what fans I mean you know that I've seen those types of tweets before but I don't think anyone that would have put out uh, your tweet or you know you're not Spurs if you think I don't think anyone really would have said tonight we'll go to Zagreb and lose three nil um, and the players certainly shouldn't be thinking that way you know uh, we've I've heard ever since Jose walked through the door and please don't accept this as a, as a knock at Jose because it's not supposed to be in it and it's not a criticism whatsoever. But so many people said he'll change that mentality. He'll bring the winning mentality. He's a serial trophy winner. And I remember talking to Jamie and that at the start of the season and saying, I don't think it matters how much of a serial winner he is, how much winning mentality he is. It's this group of players that has to pick up on that. He can't do it alone. And I think you've seen that group of players fail miserably over semi-finals, fail miserably in a Champions League final. And, you know, we've gone out yet again tonight. And it's a reoccurring theme. I mean, I'm thinking off the top of my head, we were, what was it, 3-0 up against Inter Milan and we ended up going through with a 4-1 defeat. We went to Burnley right in a semi-final years ago with a 2-0 lead, ended up losing 3-1 at Burnley, remember, to go to a final. And we even almost messed up that Sheffield United win where we took a 1-0 lead up there and ended up with a 2-2 draw on the night, having been 2-1 down at one stage. So, you know, these, these rancid second-leg performances 
against teams that we really should be comfortable against have been going on for so long. But but as I say, it, it was up to him to change that mentality. I, I still think Jose, to a degree, has that mentality in him, but he must be looking around that group of players in that dressing room and really now questioning which ones have it. And, and you know, it's it's... I mean, Hugo's won a World Cup, but where was the leadership from him on the pitch? Harry, we think Harry is the golden boy. Where was the leadership from him on the pitch? You know, and it's it's a reoccurring theme with, with so many in the group. And, you know, the, the, the fans can talk about Spursy. It's up to the players to end that. And they have to, they can't be going in there reading people and thinking, oh, it's a Spursy type of result. It, they should be above all of that. And sadly, they're not. And, it's it's the anger. At, everyone knows I'm I'm completely anti Mourinho, but my anger tonight is far more at the players. In fact, this week, far more at the players than than just at him. And I'm certainly not going to sit here and go Jose out and and get away from the players who've been absolutely rancid this week. Um, Jamie, coming to you, our uh, problems. Um, they, they can't be solved overnight. You know, there's so many players that really don't seem to be up to it. There's now questions with Jose, and there's questions with the board, and it's just too much to even sensibly say, you know, we're looking at Twitter tonight, I'm looking at Twitter, we're all looking at Enoch out, Jose out. You can't, you just can't get rid of a manager and a board and maybe eight players. It, it just it just doesn't happen. So where where do we start to to address this? Because it needs to be step by step, and you cannot go wallop everybody out. It's just there's there's no club left, is there? Yeah, no, I, I agree, and it, yeah, there is there is lots to it. I mean, first of all. You know, I think there is a big, I think a big thing comes down to recruitment and, and how serious are we about actually taking that, that next step? Um, you know, I, I still think if you look at the way that Liverpool did it and the way they built themselves up, they had, they went and identified key players in, in, in key positions and they went and could totally back their manager. And I think that we went and did very well in the summer. I think we went and signed a number of very good players, but I think what we are missing is we're still missing those transformative players. I think Jason makes a great point in Spurs don't have any leaders and I think it's totally spot on. We don't have any leaders in that group. You know, Liverpool went out and signed two leaders in Alisson and, and Virgil van Dijk and you've got a big commanding central defender in van Dijk who came in and organised that defence. In Spurs, there's no one in that defence who was organising it and that's why we continue to make mistakes. So there's certainly that issue, you know, in the summer, we're certainly going to need to address that in terms of bringing in guys who can actually... Um, who are going to just transform this team. I mean, we brought in Hoybier and he was obviously a great leader, but that's just one. So there's lots more that need to be done in, in kind of that respect. Um, I don't know, it's, it's difficult. I mean, look, for I know a lot of people will be saying Jose Mourinho out and obviously the season is done. I don't, I don't want to, I, don't, I really don't want to hang my hat on, on kind of, you know, would I want him in or out? I think it's, I think it's just a bit unfair. Again, I don't want to be, I don't want to be reactionary on this show, but Again, you know, I, th I do think there is, there's still problems in this. There's still a lot of problems in this squad. And it's, it's difficult because, again, you can't go and change the whole squad. There is, as I said, there real are issues in this squad. But we all know you can't go and change 18 players. So, unfortunately, you know, you, you maybe have to look at kind of, you might have to look to change the manager. And, again, it's frustrating as well because 
there is some real quality in this this team and you really feel as though there should be getting better results out of it. So I think people are within their right to question the manager for sure. So I don't know, it's, it's difficult, but I think there's lots, there is lots lacking and you are right. There's there's lots of different little bits, different facets that are kind of missing at Spurs at the moment. Coming to you, Jason, um, and as um, Jamie just alluded to with the, these current crop of players, and Jose just not seemingly being able to get them to play. If, and I know it's a big if, if Jose goes, is there a manager that can come in and get more out of these players? Or again, is this because the players are just not there? Or can we get, for want of a better phrase, a turd polisher back in to try and lift these these players, I'm, I've, you know, I think we saw this tonight with Zagreb. You cannot, cannot tell me that that Zagreb team, man for man, is better than Tottenham. But they played. They wanted it more. They, do you see where I'm going? So it's almost, can we get that Zagreb attitude and sheer will into players who are a better quality and make us a better team? Or is it is it just more than that? Well, I think um, I think if somebody else came in, and you all know where I stand on him, I would never have employed him. But as I say, the, the easiest thing for me to be sitting here would be to go down the just blaming him route, and, and I don't want to necessarily go down that route. Um, I think somebody else would come in and get more from this group of players. I definitely think that would happen, but I don't know if anyone would come in and get that nice shiny silverware from this group of players. I think this group of players may well, under a different manager, not go to Brighton and lose. It wouldn't get knocked out by Zagreb tonight. It, it wouldn't have drawn 1-1 at home to Fulham. But I don't think this team goes and wins the, this group under a different manager, goes and wins the Europa League or goes and wins the Carabao Cup or goes and becomes Premier League champion. So, you know, this group have failed under under two different managers. Uh, some of them have failed in two cup finals, three semi-finals, and things like that. So, as I say, that's whilst we may not have had to put up with some of the turgid football and some of the poor results, I don't think we'd be sitting here licking our lips and can't wait for the rest of the season. There, there is something fundamentally wrong with too many in this group of players. And we've seen it time and time again over the past, what, six or seven years. So, no, it's, it's, you know, I don't want to think about who comes in because I think whoever comes in has an absolute massive job to do. And you go back almost to, to when Pochettino took over the Tim Sherwood era and said, right, we've got to scrap a number of them and we'll go with a completely different policy. We bring in some youngsters, which may be from the academy or you try to, to import them from other clubs or something. But you have to accept that this is now a, a massive rebuild, both off the pitch in terms of investment and on the pitch in terms of the playing staff. And, there, you know, I can remember joking last year about needing 17 new players and everyone laughed at me. But, you know, we brought in seven, which meant we were still 10 short. Mm. And that 17 players was right. There's still a, a whole group of them there that sadly are not going to be ever going to be quite good enough for Tottenham. I've, uh, just on the, on the squad, I, I still feel as though there is a real strong basis of that squad to go and achieve something. I think if you you know you look at the talent, maybe if you name our strongest eleven, 
there is there is serious talent in our squad. Again, I think it, it does genuinely come down to that we are missing. We are short and we'll always be short. I think we've always been short in terms of getting over the line by failing to bring in the the actual players, the likes of Van Dyke and Allison at Liverpool, obviously a fantastic club boys to come back on. And that, that for me, you know, Spurs will never make it to that next level if we aren't willing to go and make that sort of investment. You know, there is, as I said, there is so much talent in this squad. I think, you know, yes, there are obvious players that do need to go and that aren't good enough. But if you look at our starting 11, that starting 11 is one or two players short from being a genuinely really top side. And then, of course, if you add, there's still some obviously decent players on the bench as well. We've got lots of players to come back, the likes of Oliver Skip. Ryan Sessiang, we're all coming back into the squad, so they're going to add to the squad. But I do genuinely think if, if Spurs have any genuine ambitions of going to that next level, we need to be really ambitious in terms of who we are bringing in to take us to that next level. Because I, I think when you've got the likes of Harry Kane, Giovanni Lo Celso, Tongi Ndombele, Gareth Bale, um, Hume Min Son, there's, there's, there's a lot to build. There's, there's stuff to build. There's real stuff to build on there. So... Um, I don't think the rebuild job is massive, but of course, I think the costs could potentially be quite quite big, and I can't see that happening in the summer, unfortunately. Uh, staying with you, Jamie, is there some players that could now come in and just have that sheer enthusiasm, even yeah. <laughs> even if it does end up going wrong? You know, I'm looking at Tanganga, I'm looking at Roden, I'm looking at. Scarlet and a few of the others that have had a little taste, and when they've come in, have actually looked like that they've got yeah. a bit of something about them, but yeah. also that drive and that ambition. And would that not be the, the kick up the derriere that some of these senior squad members need and embarrass them almost mm. embarrass them to lose their place to them? Yeah, no, I think you're totally right there. I think. Joe Roden is definitely one. He's a guy who's who's kind of he's shown on a lot of occasions that he's really good. And I think it does that Mourinho has had a big problem with kind of players who he can trust. I think there has been a lot of cases where I think I I, I would disagree with kind of when he's not when he's chosen not to trust a player when I think he should. I think Jaffa Tangang was thrown in at the Etihad at right back. I think he did a pretty good job. And then I don't think we ever saw him again. I think Joe Roden, he was thrown in against Chelsea, kept a clean sheet at Stamford Bridge in his first match, produced a really good performance against Sheffield United, and then was kind of, we've we never seen him since. Or I think we saw him against Liverpool, made one mistake, and, and that was it. Um, we never saw him again. So that, for me, has been a, a, a real problem under Jose Mourinho in terms of who he can trust. I think that he's, he's got that quite wrong. Um, and yeah, I think that that, that would, you know, I do feel as though, you know, there, there is the argument, um, can they sometimes, you know, is it is it wise throwing these young players in to kind of, into a situation like this? But I think, you know, they, they certainly are what we need right now. We need players who actually care, because again, tonight we were beaten by a team who wanted it more than us. Uh, yeah. So I, I think you're right there. I, think sorry, Jason, sorry. I was just going to say, I think the slight difference, and again, don't say this as, as being anti-Jose. It's... Um, when Pochettino did it right at the start of his Tottenham time, he'd just been appointed into the job. Um, and, you know, we saw that that group of Cabal and, and Kapue and, and Aaron Lennon and Soldado and that leave, leave or be ostracised quite early and he brought in young players. But you didn't feel at the stage he was doing it that his job was, was really on the line. It was still quite really early, wasn't it? We're only talking about a couple of months into his job. Whereas I think with, with Jose... I think the period that he's just 
that, that we were going through, say, a month ago when we were on that awful run and people are starting to talk about his job, I can understand why a manager at that stage starts to think, look, my job is on the line. My reputation as, a, as an elite manager is on the line. And if I'm going to need to battle that, I want to do that with players that I trust rather than in youngsters that I don't trust. I think that's where the, the difference comes in. And as I say, don't, don't have a problem with that being Mourinho because I think a, an Ancelotti or a Louis van Gaal or something would reach that stage where, where their job's on the line and they think, I need to go with what I trust because it's my job that's that's going to go. I can't just be giving games and minutes out to 16-year-olds to to come in from the youth team and maybe score a, score a goal late on against whoever, Aston Villa on Sunday, and we still end up losing the game. No one's going to say, oh, but that, that was a bright spark for Dane Scarlett or something. So I can see why he's gone down the route of wanting experienced players, but it just hasn't worked. Um and so that's that's where we are with that. I think that's that's in fairness to him. That's that's yeah. how I'd see it. No, I, I think you're right. You are. I think in terms of yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. I think he is obviously he's a manager with great experience, and of course he was brought in to win trophies. So of course he's, he 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 was meant to deliver as soon as possible, really, wasn't he? So it's there's no reason why he did maybe select experienced players. But mm. that you know the point is, I think now it's you can't trust these players. You can't trust some of these no. that he continues to trust. So. I think that would be the the point to make. You know, now it's kind of got to a point where I think it would be wise to maybe try and look to trust some other players that maybe you haven't in the past, the likes of Roden, Tanganga, and I think they deserve an opportunity now. Do you think there's any chance of this, Jason, of it being willful from the players? Because for at one stage, it looked like he'd lost them. And then we had that four or five game run and we seemed to pick up a little bit and do quite well. And then again now, it just looks like 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 he's lost him again. It just like like they just don't want to play for him. Well, I think that that may well be a possibility. I mean, the, the switch that we made to get on the little bit more on the front foot. I think Lucas Moura gave that interview where he said, you know, the players had, you know, whether they'd gone to him, whether it was was quite as crudely done as that, but it was, you know, his article made it clear the players felt that they were better than a team that sits back. So maybe he'd, he'd changed a little bit around that. But, you know, as I said, you reach a stage of, of a season or a time and it, it happens, as I said, with that Bayern game where you think these players have to react. Otherwise, you fear that, that phrase, you've lost the dressing room. And on the back of Sunday's horror show, you know, and, and I don't think Jose Mar- I think Lee made a good point in the last show. You know I'm his massive critic of his but mm. when he picked that team at Arsenal that did have four forward thinking players on I don't think he went to park a bus at Arsenal and I'm the one who accuses him of doing that more than anything and I don't think he would have sat on that that team today with a planning of saying let's go to Zagreb be passive stand off them don't track back let runners play there's no way he would have come up with those tactics and that's why my anger is as much at the players but I, I do fear that you, you had to have a reaction from Sunday and that's what we got tonight. And it's, you know, there's no doubt he will face huge uh, questions around his future, as, as he should do. Um, but, you know, it's uh, we lost Sunday not because of a dodgy penalty by, by Michael Oliver, which is used as an excuse. 
And today we've lost, not just because of Jose Mourinho. And, and as I say, that would be an excuse to lay it all on um, his fans. That's for sure. I wonder whether maybe it's a it's a coaching issue and it'd be crazy of me to kind of suggest that the manager who has won so much, but, you know, maybe the players, they are confused. They don't know what the kind of the plan is to go forwards because in, these are very, very talented players and they just don't look like they have a clue what they're doing at the moment. So I think as a team collectively, we have been so poor. And yes, again, it does. There is definitely um, attitude in there, but I think you could also maybe look to question know is that is there actual do they understand the plan is there maybe something wrong with with what's being coached um there was certainly reports that came out about that I don't know whether that was just jumping on obviously a poor result that came out after I think um just before we went on that really that that better run of form but I think you can maybe start to question the coaching I think again it's such a talented team and they just look so disorganized as well so I think that that maybe could be another argument as well is that is there a problem with the coaching yeah, there, there definitely seems to be a lack of DNA, doesn't there? There's, there just seems to be no identity. Well, we've lost, it's, haven't we? Yeah, we, I, you know, at the start of the season, when we were doing some of the top results, we were, you know, we were, we were, we had a definitive style of play, and we mm. changed that. We went away from that, didn't we? And um, so yeah, you just don't know what the style is. I agree. I think that's no, it's, I mean, uh, we look I like mean, he looks like the shortest, like the longest short-term manager ever, doesn't he? Or it's just like, I, I, it just, I don't know. It just like, you know, Jose has this two, three year lifespan. He always has had, he always will have, you know, and it, I just, I just don't see how you can build from that. And maybe that permeates through to the players as well. Well, you know, he's only going to be here a couple of years, really. It's just like, you know, there's no, no relationship building is there with that. But I think that's where that mentality comes in, Richard, in that, you know, no other club he would go to, their players would have that mentality. But perhaps ours do. And, and that, that, that hits at the spot, doesn't it? It's, you know, the lack of identity, the identity of, of our football club is, is always huge for me. Um, you know, over these past six years of Pochettino, and incidentally, I don't want Pochettino back. I'm not saying that. But I liked the identity of Tottenham. And... Mm. We constantly have people saying that, that um, you know, we have to win a trophy and this obsession with winning a trophy. And, and I understand those people that have that. But for me, the identity of your club is always more important. And so, you know, if, if we go and win that League Cup against Manchester City, which seems a, an outrageous thing to say now, then the people that say we have to win a trophy will have been satisfied we've got one. But you tell me what identity our club has had this year. And if you can honestly say winning that League Cup will make this season a great season and an enjoyable season because we've got silverware that you can go and banter people on Twitter about. For me, this season will stink like rotten whether we win that League Cup or not. We yeah. are struggling in the league. We cannot beat a team that's above us in the table. We have got knocked out of the FA Cup and we have got knocked out of the Europa League by teams that should not be knocking us out of those competitions. It's as simple as that. I mean, you know, if we go and lose to, I don't know, to Roma or something like that tonight, when we only take the 1-0 lead, then you can take that. But Dynamo Zagreb are nowhere near the elite of yeah, European no. competition. No. They well, just aren't. And so, as I say, you, you can win that League Cup 
But for those people that, that, that yeah. claim you have to win a trophy rather than being in the top fours and things like that, yet you can celebrate it for that one day, but it does not excuse a rancid season. Yeah, just just on identity as well. I think that was a, an interesting point as well. I, I just don't. I think that when you look at Jose Mourinho's past sides and what they've been built on, they've been built on players who show like huge amount of passion that are kind of willing to put their bodies on the line. And unfortunately, I just don't think kind of Jose's um, you know philosophy and way of playing. Um, I don't think it aligns with Spurs. I don't think it aligned at Manchester United either. I don't think he had that group of players. That were, that were kind of willing to die for the badge and he doesn't have that at Spurs. So I do feel a bit sorry for him. All his best sides, the Chelsea sides, you know, they they gave everything yeah. uh, for the badge. And unfortunately, I, I don't know, I just don't know whether in kind of this era of football that you'll see those sort of players. Maybe if he went to a Italy or somewhere, um, that might suit his philosophy more. But unfortunately, at Spurs, it just doesn't seem to align with the club, with the players. Um, and it, it, that's why he's looked to change it. He obviously came in looking to play the way he has in, in the past and that's gotten a great deal of success. But that philosophy for me, unfortunately, doesn't work in England now. And um, yeah, I think that that's been a, that has been a big problem. That's why I was, you know, I accepted kind of this, um, this style of play at the start of the season. It was very difficult to watch, but I knew that's what Jose Mourinho had been successful in the past. Um, and unfortunately, it just hasn't worked. He hasn't got a group of players there that are willing to kind of do what players that have in the past, the likes of John Terry, the Carvalho's, um, then you look at his Inter Milan sides, the Zanettis. You know, there, there's not that now in, in kind of the modern. It's just not there at Spurs, exactly. are they? It's yeah, not there. It's not there at Spurs. Not there in England. So I no. think that that's been a big problem. It just hasn't. It's not really Tottenham and Jose hasn't quite clicked, unfortunately. No, no, that's something I've said all along. That it's just two totally different DNAs that are just never ever gonna gonna marry up. Uh, yeah, so. Listen, we're going to take a, a short break. Uh, well done if you've stuck with it. I hope this is uh, helping in some degree. We're trying to keep a lid on emotions and calmness and try and be a bit rational with uh, with our thoughts on this and, and just go for it bit by bit. Um, just to remind you that we're across all the social medias on Twitter and on Facebook, last word on Spurs, on Instagram and uh, Mumsnet and Reddit and MySpace and, and everywhere else. I always throw it. I'm just trying to make Jamie smile this evening. It's just like trying to bring a little bit of bit of light to the, to the shade. So uh, listen, don't go anywhere. We are recording straight after the game. Um, I've got Jose Mourinho's post-match comments, which make for very interesting reading. And in the second half as well, We'll maybe look at the seats, the big padded leather seats above the dugouts and uh, see if there's anything that needs to be dissected amongst uh, that part of the club. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back very soon. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. 
And we're back. Thank you so much once again for downloading and listening and all your questions and points that you send in. We do really appreciate it. It's all good stuff. Thank you once again. So listen, chaps, Jose Mourinho, um, or, or, or is it uh, Nostradamus? I'm not quite sure what to make of these, these comments. It's, it's a bit odd. He says, we are in a situation I don't want to go. I don't think it is for me to go in that direction. I don't want to say much more. On behalf of my team, in spite of some of my players that don't share my emotions, I apologise to the Tottenham supporters. Now, I, I, that, that to me is all over the place. Jamie, if you can make any sense of <laughs> what he's getting at there, I don't, I don't want to go. Does he mean I don't want to go there? I don't want to leave. Uh, you I know. think, yeah. yeah. Odd, odd, set of, odd, odd set of quotes. That's, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, that kind of justifies the last point I made. I, I, don't, I think he knows that, that it's not really worked for him at Spurs in mm. terms of his philosophy and Spurs' philosophy. And this group of players, um, as I said, everything Jose Mourinho's sides have been built upon in the past, it's completely the opposite of Spurs. You haven't got a group of players there that are willing to do what he wants. They're not a group of players that are going to work incredibly hard, that are going to die for the badge. Um, and, and that's the big problem. I feel, I do feel sorry for him. I think that unfortunately it's, it's the way he, well, I don't feel that sorry for him, but it's just how <laughs> for him, it's, you know, certainly that paycheck that he'll get, you know, if he does go, I can't feel sorry for him. But anyway, yeah, I, it, again, it just feels as though it hasn't aligned. And, you know, I do, again, I feel also sorry for him. There was no passion tonight. There was no fight. So, yeah, I, I think that's kind of what he was getting at, I think, for sure. I think reading between the lines there, Jason, that sounds like, okay, this group of players just aren't doing it for me. Now, you either move me along, like you did with Pochettino, who kind of alluded to that in a different way, or you go out, or you, you either get rid of me or you bring players in that I can work with and who will take my mentality. And it's, it, it, uh, to me, it sounds like he's thrown a bit of a gauntlet down to the club to either back him or sack him, basically. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think that, that doesn't surprise me that he would, would, would kind of do that. Let's, let's be fair, he was eulogising about the squad at the start of the season. And some of the players that have failed were the players that, that on the, I mean, you know, you look at Matt Doherty, if we go back to the Amazon documentary, he was one of the players that, that gets a, a name check on that documentary series as being the aggressive right back. And you've got to look out for Matt Doherty. And yet that signing's gone completely wrong, hasn't it? The, you know, Gareth hasn't worked out in the way that we wanted. Um, so it, it's, you can't just, just hit here and, and he say I wasn't backed. I think there is to be, um, I mean, to, to bring in a team that Jose wants, you're talking a, a couple of hundred million. We've seen him try and do it on the cut price, as I say, with players like Doherty and Roden. I mean, even when we signed Joe Roden, I remember his comments were, you can either sign a young player and accept the mistakes or you go out and spend 70 million. And we didn't want to go and spend 65 on Scriniar, so we, we went down that route. But, you know, the, the type of investment that he's going to need in the summer there's no way that's going to come from upstairs. So, you know, it's almost as if to say, well, you might as well move somebody on and get in a, 
a Pochettino Mark II that will, that will accept and try and build a game. But um, that that doesn't help us in the long run, I don't think, because we're, like I say, we're a long way away from, from even having to rebuild, mate. There, there's so much building work to do. And I disagree with Jamie. There are a few talented players in this squad. There are some talented names in this squad that have flaws in their game that will stop them being the highly talented players we think of them. And there are some bang average players in this squad that have got so many flaws in their game that they're capable of one or two good games, but they are not capable of 20 good games in a row. And that's the big problem that he's up against. And that's the same problem that anybody else coming in will be up against as well. And they'll all have to live with the Enoch restrictions. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, I'll, I'll stay with you. If if he was to walk tonight or he was to get sacked tonight, what would we do for the rest of the season? What what would you do for, for management, caretakering, to, to see us over these last 10 games that we've got left? I know we're sort of talking a little bit in fantasy land here, but where would we go if that does happen? <laughs> That's a funny one, isn't it? I think um, I don't know. I think when we had the conversation, it was having conversations like this a couple of months ago, and we all thought that if he was sacked, that they'd they'd go the Harry Redknapp route until the end of the season, just as a stopgap. And and I could see them. I could see Daniel phoning Harry tonight and saying, "Look, can you come in for the next ten weeks?" But that's not to say I think Daniel wants Harry Redknapp there on day one next season. That's for sure. But, you know, I think you're almost you're almost too late to, to try and do it now with a there is that cup final. And, and I don't know if I think anyone that you're, you're bringing in at this stage of the season is going to be a stopgap for 10 games, in which case, you know, you almost think, what is the point? I mean, have, have the conversation with whoever you want to be your manager next year. And if he says, I'll take it, but you're going to have to wait till July the 1st, then you just think, well, let this bloke have the cup final and, and and just let it go that way. So, you know, I think you're almost too late to to even do that, mate. I, I think it just has to run now to the end of the season and, and let let it take its course because, you know, it, it could still end up winning a cup final as as, as ridiculous as that seems to think. <laughs> that, that would just be that would just be such a thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it really it really would, wouldn't it? And it's not like we haven't got a bit of an Indian sign over Man City either, is it? Because we just totally didn't deserve to win that Champions League game against the you know, Sterling's goal and the VAR and everything. It was crazy. Jamie, uh, I'm sorry to do this to you. I'm gonna throw you under the bus Jose style. It, <laughs> If he walks tonight, so we do have to do something till the end of the season. What what would we do? Where, where would we go? Oh, blimey. <laughs> That's um, a question, isn't it? I like I like to I like to make you earn your corn. <laughs> um, yeah. David Plate's still at Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, blimey! It's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, I mean, look, the, the obvious one for me would be, you know, you get Lely King on kind of a, you know, a temporary deal until the end of the season. But I don't want that. I don't feel as though Lely King's in the right position right now to kind mm. of um, take the job. I think that I don't want to see a player like Lely King tarnish his reputation at the club um, because he has a poor end to the season. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I could not give you a name of who I want to come in on a kind of a, a permanent deal. But 
I think Lee made a point on the WhatsApp group. There needs to be a plan now. They need to seriously have a plan where they want to go with this squad. Um, and maybe that, you know, that, that comes to the manager. I think, as I said, I just don't think that Jose Mourinho and Tottenham Hotspur has worked. I think that for me, unfortunately, I probably would get rid of him at the end of the season regardless. Um, I, I don't know what you do right now. Um, Donny's dead. Who's that? You could give it to Sonny's, Sonny's dad, dad, couldn't you? Sonny's <laughs> dad. Well, certainly wouldn't, um, yeah, certainly wouldn't mess around there. You certainly would get some sort of response and attitude uh, fix up, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, you've got to, uh, I mean... I'm going Kane player manager. Let's just, <laughs> like, it's, it's so ridiculous. Just do it. It couldn't be any worse, could it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's I mean, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know who I'd want until the end of the No, season. it's a tough one. In the is, case, yeah. for me, I would like, I mean, I, I've got definitely a preference. So I want to see, and I want to see Julian Nagelsmann come in. I think that that fits Tottenham perfectly. I think it's, it's, it's like, mm. you know, he'd also, you know, you, you look at the way he's developed players at RB Leipzig, um, you, you know, he's turned them into a really good team. He's, he's been fantastic at developing lots of players, I think that fits the way Tottenham are. I think, obviously, is, you know, he does play really good football and it's, it's it's much more the Tottenham way. So, I think that you probably have to go down that route. And again, you know, get that plan. If you want him as your manager, then go and agree a deal until uh, to, for him to take over at the start of next season. That, for me, would, would probably be the most ideal situation, I think. Uh, Jason, coming to you now, at the time of the Amazon documentary, Daniel Levy went all in on red or black, whichever is your poker, uh, your roulette uh, preference, sorry. And I mean, he really, really backed Jose in that documentary. And there it was for the whole world to see. And he was saying how he's chased Jose for years and this was his man. And, you know, uh, uh, he's there's other world-class managers, but they're spoken for. And now I've got him. So by default, Jose not working out, does this not mean that now Daniel Levy's position as chairman of the club has to be seriously, seriously questioned? I don't think you can fault his business acumen and I don't think that we really want to lose him from the business side of the club. Now, you and I probably hate that bit I'm I'll speak for I'm speaking for myself I hate that business side of the clubs but that's what football is now and you need somebody good at business and Daniel is damn good at it but the football side of it leaves a lot to be desired in those 20 years doesn't it and he's back Jose and it's not work so is is this the time now for Daniel Levy to step aside into a different role at the club well I think you, you certainly have to to question because as you, you're right, he, he'd gone down the, the Mourinho route and um, and it was, as I say, it was an understandable decision at the time with with where Tottenham were as a club and the, the, the ambitions of the football club. So, you know, as much as I disliked it from the style, I, could, I understood that having sacked Pochettino, why they would have gone down the route of Mourinho. Um, but when you've so publicly, as you say, gone down that route and it's failed miserably, for whatever the reasons are, it's failed miserably. Where do you go? And and you're right. Um, I think come the end of the season, if we do lose that final to Manchester City and you say it's one trophy, what is it, 20 years or 21 years under him or whatever, 
then then of course you have to have the the conversation. Is he the right man? You know, have we missed a director of football in there? You you has he? You know, I've I've always said on the, on the business side of things with Daniel. Um, to me, the, the decision is that you, you set your transfer budget of whatever it is, be it 60 million, be it 160 million, and then you, you allow the club or the, the manager or whoever he wants to work with that. Whereas Daniel will sit there and he'll say, well, I'll give you, you know, 60 million, but no player can cost more than 30 million and I'm not allowing this to, to be taken. For, well, that to me is if the manager wants one player and it's going to cost 60, then so be it. That's that's what the budget allows for. And I think he, he micromanages perhaps too much rather than just makes the decision and then lets those around it get on with it. And I think, you know, we, we saw, you know, people that work with him on the stadium projects and that said it was micromanagement down to the, the nth degree. And perhaps that's that's the problem. He, he has to he has to trust in the staff that he employs and let them go and do the jobs that he employs them to do rather than, than, than getting involved in too much of the nitty gritty. So, and you're, you're right, you know, when you, you talk about the business decisions of the club, at the end of the day, the business decision of the club doesn't look great when you've gone from a Champions League side to, to not even being a Europa League side. So, you know, that's, there's some shocking decisions along the way, including a no signing transfer window that have, have seen that that come to fruition. So on the, 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 the business side as an accountant, it's great, but perhaps from the business side of football, he isn't the best person. Um, you know, the problem with, with that, we know that Joe Lewis, who's a massive billionaire, he's not going to pump that money in. The interest, you know, we can argue about how many paintings he has on his yachts and, and how many golf courses the Tavistock Group have he is not interested in investing in Tottenham Hotspur to that degree. So, and and I've always had the problem with the, the Enoch debate. I've always said you can sack a manager, you can go and buy 10 right backs, 15 left backs, four holding midfield players. But the problem comes, you, you can sit here as much as you want and say Enoch out, but somebody has to come along with a right. couple of billion to buy them. And there are not that many people, particularly in the COVID world, that are interested in doing that. And, you know, people have said, well, you know, they're only interested in the profits of the club. I've always said, if you turn up with enough money on that doorstep, you will get the club. Mm. You're telling me, Rich, that if somebody came in with a three billion offer tomorrow, they wouldn't get the club. No, absolutely not. Of course and, they you know, A friend of mine that works in the city from the day they bought the club said if somebody comes along tomorrow and offers them double the money, they'd be they there for 24 hours and they, they would be gone. But Of course um, it is, Rich. And, and yeah, you know, the yeah. other thing is people say the club has to be up for sale. It doesn't. You know, you buy a house. A house doesn't have to be up for sale. You don't just see it as a sale. You, you just think, I like that one. And you go and make an offer. Chelsea weren't up for sale when Abramovich came along, was he? Manchester no. City, got the, the shape came along and took over. It's a and you know, we saw that at Liverpool. So, you know, you, you don't look for Tottenham Hotspur and exchange and mark and think, all oh, right, they're ready to sell now and make an offer. If you want to make an offer for Tottenham, you can turn up there in the morning with a cheque for two billion, two and a half billion, three billion, whatever you want, and, and you'll get yours. the club. It's yeah. yours. Of course it is. Yeah. So, you know, you can, you can hang up for Levy out. You can hang up banners for Enoch out. Find me the buyer and I'll mm. join that protest. But until that buyer arrives, you haven't got one. But Jamie can give you Julian Nagelsmann tomorrow. I can give you right backs and left backs tomorrow. But I can't bring you two billion buyers tomorrow. 
No, no, exactly. Jamie, that's why when I said about Daniel looking at Daniel Levy's position and the board's position and certain positions within that board and maybe time for a move. That's why I said that because like, you know, across social media, Enoch out, it's just a hashtag and words. And like Jason absolutely nailed it and said, there's not that many people out there with 2 billion and 2 billion was last March before all this came along and it's not 2 billion now, is it? So I, I, yeah. I think, you know, we've got to be realistic and say, well, Enoch are going nowhere until they get their yeah. money. But there is scope to move those positions or move people about and bring people in, isn't there? So Daniel's position, it, it does have to be looked at now, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, again, I don't know whether, you know, will Daniel Levy actually step out of that position? But I think, you know, one thing that's got to change is obviously off the pitch, we know they've been fantastic, but on it, you know, there's been a, certainly so much to be desired. And I think that that's where they've got to change. You know, he can't keep getting involved in all the transfer dealings. You know, there's so many times when he's let us down just just, just because of, you know, um, fine margins in terms of transfer negotiations. So that's that's definitely an area where we have to address because we continue to keep failing and we're never going to get any success. If they are genuinely interested in success, then then Daniel Levy needs to kind of step away from that sort of side of the club. And, and maybe there are other aspects in the club, but from what I, I believe, I think that that's definitely an area where he maybe needs to take a step away from for sure. Um, but again, I, d- I don't see Daniel going to be kind of stepping out of that position. I don't think he'll get fired. I don't think he'll leave that position. So... You know, I think it just kind of there will be small places where he needs to change. He needs to kind of um, take a step back from from certain aspects of the club. When it's uh, when it's your ball and you can take it home or it's your toy and I'm not going to do anything with it, Jason. Is there any way that uh, any sort of pressure from fan groups or from anywhere that can actually bring about that change? Because, uh, you know, back in the day, People used to go and rattle the gates uh, and go and get on the streets if they didn't like something. And social media now, clubs and organisations must love it because people just vent their anger into words, into into space. And like like Ricky Gervais says, it's, it's just like reading the toilet wall, isn't it? It's nothing more than that. There's no... I can't see how the fans can bring about a pressure on Daniel Levy or members of the board to actually relinquish their positions if they feel they're not doing a good job? No, and obviously that's even harder now when there's no fans in the stadiums anyway. But I I think if you look, you know, Newcastle United fans have wanted Mike Ashley out more or less since day one. He's still there. Arsenal fans have wanted Stan Kroenke out. Wenger went and the banners came up and things like that. But Stan Kroenke is still there. You know, West Ham fans wanted the Dildo brothers out. They're still there. Uh, Everton fans over time, I suppose Mashiri has, fairness, Everton has, um, has changed with Mashiri, but there are numerous football clubs where the, the uh, fans have, have wanted owners out, but those owners, I mean, Newcastle has been up for sale for so long, hasn't it? And they've had takeover groups galore that have all failed. So, you know, it's, that's what I mean by, by the, the, the Enoch out Levy hashtag, just because it's, it's a hollow sentence until somebody wants to come and buy that football club and, mm. and can come up with the money. And then even then they have to pass the, you know, it can't be from certain countries because, you know, that those takeovers get thrown out. And 
we've seen numerous takeovers go horrendously wrong, haven't we? Look at Sunderland's, look at yeah. the original Randy Lerner ones, look at, you know, people talk about Liverpool with the, the Henry Howies back in the football club. Don't forget, Hicks and Gillette took Liverpool over and completely ruined it almost and ended up in a mess. Look how popular the Glazers have been at Manchester United. So, you know, fan, fan groups can put all that pressure on, but I don't think that attracts the new buyer in, in the way that they hope it does. But, you know, if, if people want to hang the banners up and, and they want to do that, that's, that's, their, that's up to them. They, you know, I, I can understand the frustration that they want to show and, and they feel that if I, if I say nothing, then, then, you know, I'm, I'm not trying, I'm doing absolutely nothing about it myself. So I see where they're coming from. But I don't think any fan group can have the pressure. Well, I mean, Blackpool, remember the Oysters. I mean, look, look mm. how horrendous Blackpool's ownership has been under the Oysters. And I think they're still in charge, aren't they, Owen in Oyston and things. So, yeah, yeah. you know, and they are absolutely despised. Charlton's group is absolutely despised and they're still there. And they've gone through various takeovers. So there's your problems. Um, we all, I think, would love a different owner to come in with who would who would run it with the passion of a supporter in the way in fairness that Sheikh Mansur has done at Manchester City and in fairness the way Abramovich did in the early years at Chelsea we gave them all the banter about you're just buying glory but I think we'd all love somebody to turn up with that checkbook and say right here you go who here you go to Jose or whoever on day one which right back do you want which left I'll get I'll give you everything you want and we're going to target four trophies but that person may, may not exist. And sadly, that's the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, listen, we're going to take another break now. We're going to bring you a preview of the Aston Villa game upcoming this weekend. Man alive, they must be licking their lips, mustn't they? It's, oh, my, my, my. But listen, we're going we're gonna to listen to the preview that's been kindly done for us. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back with a bag full of uh, possibilities. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, there is some possibilities for Sunday. A a bag of optimism for Sunday and uh, probabilities and uh, optimism and and everything. I'm sure we're going to be fine Sunday. Don't don't go anywhere. Uh, Jamie, Jason, surely you're going to be predicting a win. Listen to the preview and then we'll be back. (laughs) I'm losing the plot. (laughs) Don't go nowhere. How are you? How are the team after that? Good question. Um, I think we are all more than disappointed. It's just uh, a disgrace. Uh, I just hope everyone in the changing room feel responsible of the situation because um, it's a disgrace. Um, now what can I say more about it Uh, talking about the game of Sunday uh, I think it's not the right moment Uh, the taste of the defeat tonight is just uh, more than painful and um, and we are all responsible of that which hurts more Hugo Arsenal at the weekend or this one tonight It's just the accumulation. Uh, obviously, uh, we are a club with full of ambition, but uh, I just think that the team at the moment is just the reflect of what's going on in the club. Um, we have lack of uh, basics, lack of fundamental, and um, 
and all our performance is just um, uh, in relation of uh, of that. You know, uh, I think uh, mentally we should be stronger. We should be more competitive. Uh, today uh, I didn't feel that on the field. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, when you are not ready uh, at this level, uh, you pay straight away and. Uh, doesn't matter who is the opponent, there is quality everywhere in Europe and uh, if you don't respect the opponent, uh, it's kind of a uh, punition and uh, that's what happened today. Uh, I think the full credit uh, belongs to, to the opponent as well because they, they play uh, the game with full of belief, but uh, the blame is, uh, is on, on us, uh, all the team, all the club, um, we are guilty. I have to take you back to what you've just told us on BT Sport here. You mentioned the fundamental nature of events inside the club. Please explain that to us. No, I don't have to go deeper. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, it's not possible. Uh, to, I mean, how the way we play is just uh, is just not enough. Not enough. Uh, one thing is to come in front of the camera and to say I'm ambitious. Uh, the other thing is to show every day in training session, is to show every time on the pitch. Uh, you cannot let it down if you play or not play. Uh, I mean, uh, to, to behave as a team is the most difficult thing in, in, in football. Uh, whatever is the decision of the manager, uh, you have to follow the way of the team. Uh, if you follow the team only when you are on the starting eleven, that causes big problem for the team because you pay on one moment, you're going to pay in your season, and um, and today I think is the consequence of uh, of that. Uh, uh, we had a great moment in the past because uh, we could trust the togetherness that was in the team. Today, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Every, as you know, every great Tottenham Hotspur team, Dave Mackay, Alan Mullery, Steve Perryman, players who were prepared to lead teams through difficult nights. It's not easy for you as a goalkeeper. Did you lack that out the field tonight? I think there was uh, still the belief that uh, we could score one goal because one goal... Uh would have changed the, um, the dynamic of the game. Uh, I think the, the, the message from the manager was clear, was to attack the game, to score one goal as soon as we can, to make the game easier. But uh, it happened the opposite. Um, uh, the Dynamo uh, started to, to believe again. And, uh, you know, if you don't kill the opponent, you know, at one moment they, they are going to come and... They scored an amazing goal on the on the first uh, on the first goal, and uh, and then the game was open, and we never f felt on the pitch that uh, the game was under control, and uh, and that we were the dominant team. Uh, we were far from that. Did you sense this was possible after the first leg? Every, anything is possible in football, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, I think if you look at all the the experience that we got as a player individually in the changing room, I mean, uh, we all had that kind of experience that uh, from one leg to another, everything can turn uh, if you believe, if you make the perfect game. 
Uh, what is more painful is, is the feeling that we came here without the desire to, to kill the game. Uh, and you can't, when, when you are a competitor, you cannot, have, you cannot behave in, in, the, in that way. You have a right to say that. I think all Tottenham Hotspur fans would agree. Tottenham Hotspur fans. You're a World Cup winner. Started to World Cup winner. No, but when we started to to realize that we were in trouble, it was too late. I mean, uh, the confidence was back in inside the Zagreb team, and uh, and, and then the, the game became even harder. So, but this is uh, the story of the game, uh, and um, and it's done, and we cannot change. Unfortunately, it's uh, as I said. Uh, it's a disgrace from us, and um, and we we can only feel sorry uh, for the fans because uh, every year they are full of hopes, and um, and again uh, this competition I think uh, will mean a lot. But um, now uh, we have to be back on our basics, uh, on our, on a routine, and and fight again in the league to to get back into this competition next season. And last question, Ugo. And thank you for your honesty in this. You and I have spoken about this before. In your career, how you have lifted yourself after some big, big disappointments. You can do it. Can the other players, some of them, can they also do it? I think we all belong to the team. Uh, football is not about individual players. I mean, uh, it's not because there is two, three, four players that are going to step up uh, is not enough. Uh, we need more than that. Uh, that's uh, something that we must understand. Uh, on the bench, there is an influence to have, uh, to push the others. Uh, in training session, the same. Everyone has to be ready to, to push and, and make sure that he is ready to, to help the team when the moment will come. Uh, it's not only uh, stay on your side and, and, and complain and... Um, because at the end, what we have to respect is this, is the badge. This is the most important thing. It's, it's over all the players uh, in the place and, uh, and we have to respect the, the badge. Jose, please tell us, how has that happened tonight? Good question. Um, if I forget uh, the last 10 minutes of, of the extra time, where we did something to to get a different results and to go through in the 90 minutes and in the first half of uh, of the extra time was one team that decided to leave everything on the pitch they left everything there they left uh, sweat they left uh, energy they left blood in the end of the game they let even tears of happiness um, very humble, uh, very committed, and um, I have to praise them. Uh, on the other side, my team, I repeat, uh, my team, I am, I am there. Um, that didn't look like was playing um, an important match. And if um, for any one of them... Uh, is not an important match. For me, it is. For the respect that I have for my own uh, career and for my own job, every match is an important match for me. And I believe that um, for every Tottenham fan at home, 
uh, every match matters and um, another attitude um, is needed. Um, to say that I feel sad is not enough because uh, what I feel goes much further than, than, than sadness. I just left um, a Dynamo dressing room where I went there to, to praise the guys. And um, I feel sorry that one, one team that is not my team uh, won the game based on, on attitude, based on compromise. So I feel more than, I feel more than sad. Um, and that's it. Um, football is not just about players that they think they have um, more quality than others. Football. The basic of football goes beyond that. The basic of football is the is the attitude, and they beat us on on that. Um, many times, I fear my I fear my thoughts, my feelings, but I don't blame myself in the sense of I always share them. So before the game, I told the players uh, the risks of a bad attitude. I told the players at half time, even with zero zero. The risk of um, playing the way we were we were playing, and um, it happened uh, because I believe that the players only realized that the game was um, in risk when uh, they scored the second goal and went to to extra time. Every word you've said is going to resonate with the Tottenham fans. I know. Big defeat against Arsenal. Now this tonight, Jose. What is compared to the teams you have managed and coached through your career? What is missing in this group of Tottenham players? Where are the winners? I don't think uh, you can expect me in front of um, of cameras to go deep as um, as that. Um, I never liked the feeling of some guys in football that say uh, I won, uh, they lost. I don't like this uh, this feeling. For me, is uh, we won, we drew, uh, we lost. So I don't go and run away from um, uh, from that. I'm going to stick with uh, with that. I'm disappointed of a difference of attitude between one team and another. And I repeat, so I don't want any doubts about that. I feel sorry that my team, I belong to that team, I feel sorry that my team is the team that um, didn't bring to the game not just the basics of football, I believe the basics of life, which is to, to respect our, our jobs and, uh, and to give everything. It's a mighty blow to Tottenham Hotspur as a football club, this, isn't it? And Glenn Hoddle, who, as you know, has got a huge status among the Tottenham support, he said on BT Sport, disastrous and diabolical. Does it hurt you, Jose, to hear that? You know, Mr Hoddle, of course, is a, is a legend at the club and uh, every word that he says, positive, sometimes negative, other times, are to be very very respected but I don't need Mr. Rodel words to feel myself uh, hurted to feel myself as I was saying more than sad sad is not is not enough um, I totally respect you know every everything that um, 
somebody connected or not connected with with the club um, says about uh, us uh, tonight um, I think we have to we have to accept the problem is will be if some accepts in a positive way in the sense of feeling hurted and ashamed with with the critics um, another story is if you don't feel it if you don't care if you don't read if you don't feel it and that is uh, a much uh, deeper problem yeah, i respect and, every and just every to come in on that Jose, forgive like me today. but taking um, that point on I repeat, board I, I don't need external critics because uh, i feel i feel deeply hurted with um, with what happened with my team and taking that on board jose this is the kind of a night perhaps where careers change course and you may have to make decisions about some of your players on the basis of what you've seen tonight do you accept that well i accept that but uh we are um we are in a situation where in this moment i i don't want to go uh, especially with you when i say you i say press and i say people at home tottenham fans and uh, football fans i don't think it is uh, for me to go in that direction um, <laughs> i don't want to say much more than than not i say i in behalf of my of my team in spite of maybe some of them they don't share my my feelings and my emotions i can only apologize to to the tottenham uh, supporters and uh, and I hope that the players they feel the same way as I as I feel. In Europa League is not the first time. Um, in Antwerp, I had, of course, not a feeling of the same dimension because it was a group phase and we had a chance to 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 win it and and to go through. Today is, of course, live or die, and in this moment we die. But it's a feeling that I I I, I had. Uh, and some other matches I had the same. Had the same feeling, but uh, until the last day of um, of the season, we we have to try to do our best. Jose, thank you very much indeed. Safe home. Thank you. Hey there, Spurs fans. Cole from the 7500 to Holt Holtcast podcast here to give you an opposition preview ahead of Sunday's game at Villa Park. Of course, it's been a, a long, long while. At least it's felt like a long, long while since Villa and Spurs have played each other, and I believe the last time that would have been prior to the outbreak of the coronavirus in that painstaking last gasp loss thanks to a Bjorn Angles slip-up at the back leads to an injured human son scoring the winner in what can only be one of the many, many examples of last season that almost sunk us into the championship. But nonetheless, we've survived. We're still here and we've had a very, very pleasing season so far. I mean, we're still in a shout of European football. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But nonetheless, we're still in a shout for it, and that is a far cry from last season. We still have about 11 games to play, I guess 10 after this one on Sunday. But nonetheless, we're on 41 points. Last year, we finished with 36, and with that many games left, I think we're well and comfortably on for at least a 50-point season, which I will take any day 
compared to a relegation-strapped season. But anyways, getting more into this game, it's kind of an underpredictable one. And of course, I've, I've talked to one of your lot, of course, on the Last Word on Spurs podcast on our preview show, of course. So if you want to go check that out, shameless little plug. But really, it's an odd game to kind of look ahead and predict because you don't really know what you're going to expect with either team. If you look at the Spurs side of things, I think you guys had what, seven wins in all competitions in a row uh, prior to the Arsenal game. And of course, going into any derby, especially a North London one, it's kind of hard to predict what's going to happen. And those are just kind of one-off entities that you really can't get much out of in terms of, are you on form or are you coming at it? out of it really out of form so it's going to be interesting to see what Spurs team rocks up to Villa Park of course on Sunday and like I said before on the Villa side of things we still don't know what time of recording I'm recording this on a Thursday so fair warning if I'm wrong but we still don't know if Jack Grealish will be playing on Sunday of course he misses out on the England squad and really I don't know if that dictates much because he hasn't been playing as of late so would he have been picked regardless of that hard to say um so a lot of things go with him. Of course, we do expect Matty Cash to be coming off the bench after injury, of course. So he'll probably be starting this one, which is very, very good to see because I'd, I'd be honest in saying I probably missed Matty Cash more than I have Jack Grealish over the last few weeks. Um, what he's been able to do to the right-hand side of the pitch, just as a right-back, he's transformed it completely. So it's good to see. Uh, looking at Bertrand Traore, I doubt he'll probably be available as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how we can utilize our wings, and that's kind of been probably the biggest attribute this season. Um, and we've been lacking creativity. I think we have, what, two, dra- uh, two draws, two losses, and a win in our last five. So it's been a shaky start, but the one thing that I can say from our point of view is defensively, we've definitely shored that up. We can play like absolute draws and still win or draw games. And you can look at examples of drawing against Brighton, uh, beating Leicester early in the season, I should say. Um, there's a few other results in there as well that you can kind of tack on to. Um, I guess our recent draw against Wolves would be another example too, but once again, it's just it's going to be one of those games where if Villa can play up to their expectations, play up to what their qualities are, I think it's going to be a tough one. Of course, we seem to play against um, better teams and perform better. I mean, we've done the double over Arsenal, so I'm sure you guys will enjoy that. Um, And of course, we still have to play you guys one more time after this within relatively quick succession. So it's it's just a tough one. But nonetheless, I'm going to go with a... Uh, one all score draw. I think for either teams, there's probably bigger fish to fry. Maybe it's not the worst result for either teams, giving and really considering how both teams are performing this season. I'm sure Mourinho uh, will be more than uh, happy to get a win. Maybe not the most pleased person with a draw, but that's the score line I'll go with. But anyways, thank you to the last word on Spurs guys for having me on. Of course, if you want to find the team here on twitter it's at 7500 to hold or you can find me personally on twitter at talk aston villa and if you feel like listening to a villa related podcast it's literally holtcast wherever you find your pods but anyways i'll leave it there and don't forget up the villa and we're back i've had another five cans of uh wonderful tropical beer trying to get untongue tied and uh just trying to make sense do you know what it is i think tonight's results beginning to hit home now and that's it it's just it's it's twisting my melon man as uh as the happy mondays once said so listen tonight's done dusted 
it's horrendous. It's it's just everything we feared, and you know, a real low point. And uh, I, I don't know. I'm still I still feel in shock. I've still feel that numbness. I just can't I can't comprehend it. I can't compute it. But it's done, and we move on to Sunday and Aston Villa. Jamie, mm. anything? Can we get anything from Sunday? Can we get a reaction? Is there is there anything now, especially after Jose's comments this evening? Yeah, I, it's, yeah, very difficult to see. I mean, I look at Aston Villa's form; they haven't won in the last three. I mean, people will say that, that they're due a result, but I, I think if you look at kind of maybe our last couple of results in the Premier League and maybe the more positive ones, we have we have um, had more fortune against those sort of sides. But I think Lee said it after just before the Arsenal game, and I I, I didn't believe him because I really felt as though we had looked to turn a corner. But he was right. Um, when you have a bad result like that, the reaction just hasn't been there with this group of players. And unfortunately, I, I don't see a reaction on the weekend. I can't see these players. I think that these are players that are kind of mentally, they've checked out a lot of them, that something is not right with the mentality of the players. Um, I don't know whether that's the same with Jose Mourinho as well, in terms of, I think there's, in terms of the way he's setting up the team. Um, so I, I can't see a reaction, unfortunately. Um but as I said, maybe there is a chance that we might get something out of Aston Villa, given their form. I think Jack Grealish is, it does typically sound like he probably will be back for that game. Um, but as we saw with Will Bridge. Yay, great. <laughs> and that, yeah, I mean, it's, it'll be interesting because I know obviously it's it's not great that he'll be back for that game. But I think we saw that with Wilfred Zaha. We're all dreading the worst when Wilfred Zaha came back. Um, so maybe it'll be, you know, I'm sure Grealish maybe will take one or two games. I, I'm I probably look like a bit of an idiot on the weekend where Jack Grealish has scored his, his third goal and um, but you know that that's just the way it is. That's on paper, Jack Grealish he should be just coming back and getting back up to speed. So I think that this Aston Villa side they should be you know they are a side that we should be able to get and get a result at. I don't think we've got the mentality to go and actually capitalise on that. Unfortunately, I'm cueing the curb your enthusiasm music yeah. as we speak. When I, Jack I, would, I, I think it's number that, three. I, I, I think I'd have to gladly accept it after that. Um, oh, yeah, a couple of tweets. Uh, that I, well, lots of tweets actually that I've just been reminded of of, of stupid things that I've said, um, and and now they're being pulled up on them. For, yeah, so <laughs> it's, not been, it's not been my evening. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, don't people love to do that? that uh, honestly, I don't. I just don't see what joy people get from it. But you know, if it helps people to make you feel better, then you you carry on because I know personally do it all day long. I I care for the opinions of my family. And on the fingers of a mitten, you could count the friends whose opinion I care for and everybody else. Again, like I said, it's writing, it's, it's, it's Dolbin's on a toilet wall, really. And, and that's that. So, uh, Jason, coming to you, it can't be any worse, can it? It can only be better Sunday night. Please hold me and tell me it will be better. Well, it can be as bad. I don't know if it can get worse, but it can be as bad. As I said, that, that horrendous run after Bayern, we had the, the Brighton game, and then we drew, I think, 1-1 at home to a, a Watford team that hadn't won all season at that stage. Then we went, I think, to Liverpool and lost, and we went to Everton, where we always used to win and, and got a, a really grotty draw up there. 
So, and then we had that awful game against Sheffield United where we all said they're a promoted team, surely we'll do that. And it was embarrassing, wasn't it? So I think it shows you it can be as bad. Normally, I would, would say about a game, if we get our attitude right, we'll go and win it. But I fear that, uh, as Jamie says, there's something, there's something wrong with this group. Uh, whatever it is, be it the manager, be it some of the players, I don't know. But there's something inherently wrong with that group. And I think this game actually depends on the attitude of Villa. I think if Villa, if Villa have shown, Villa have had a, a strange season themselves. They've had some standout results, but they've also had some ridiculous results at home, particularly at home. They've lost some games that they would expect to win. So with Grealish back might give them a lift. Um, I think if Villa are at it, as much as I'd like it to be, you can see it. We are not at it for whatever the reasons are. So I think if Villa really go for it, they'll win the game. I think if Villa are a little bit lackadaisical themselves or perhaps a little bit complacent or perhaps they get lulled into, well, Tottenham have gone so we don't have to put much into it ourselves, perhaps we'll get a, a nicker result or something like that. But like I say, I think if Villa are at it with hungry players, they win the game, sadly. And, and that's that's an awful thing to be thinking of, that Tottenham can go and, and be out, out attitudes and outplayed by Aston Villa. You know, we're not talking about going to Anfield. We're talking about going to Aston Villa. And uh, I think that that will will show just where Tottenham are as a side at the moment. No, absolutely. Chaps, listen, I'm not even going to give you the pain of trying to do a score prediction for Sunday. It is literally all bets off. We've had an horrendous evening's football. Uh, You've stepped up to the plate here this evening and come on what is a very, very difficult show uh, and not just you two chaps that have joined me this evening. Anybody that's actually got to this point of listening to the show as well and trying to have a little bit of therapy, look, I hope it's it's helped. So uh, we are where we are. Let's see what Sunday brings us. I'm back hosting again on Sunday night. Uh, <laughs> let's so let's let's see how that how that goes. And uh, yeah, look, we can just only hope, only only hope but we get something from it. Whether Jose's there, who knows, after this evening's comments, it's, uh, it seems to be a real fluid situation at the moment. This show will probably go out. He'll be gone and people will be going, what are they talking about? But please do bear in mind, we've recorded this just after the Zagreb game, okay? Please do bear that in mind if everything has changed by the time you've listened to this. So, uh, listen... Thank you once again for downloading. Jamie, well done. Uh, we've all managed to keep a lid on the emotions yeah. and try to bring a bit of rationale to what's been an insane evening for Tottenham. So thank you very much for that. No, that was a, it was a difficult one coming into it. I, I wasn't sure how I was going to come and do that show. But no, it was, it was all right in the end. And uh, yeah, I totally echo your, your, your what you said in terms of well done to the listeners if you have stuck with us. I think we really do appreciate that. So, yeah, let's see what happens on the weekend. I'm, I'm not, as I said, not too confident about it at all in terms of the mentality of the players, but we'll see. Good stuff. And Jason, we all know your feelings on Jose Mourinho. And I have to say a big well done to you this evening because yeah, that was very, very measured, very calm, very sane. And, uh, you know, 
be very easy to just sit here and scream him out, them out, you know, everybody out, you know, like, like a 1970s strike evening kids. But uh, no, brilliant. Well done. Well, as, as I said, when, when I stopped doing them regularly, I didn't want to become clawed. I didn't want to be, it's time to go and just, just shouting things and, and almost feel like I hate watching my own football club. And, and I don't, and I never wanted him in, but I don't, you know, I sit here and I don't want him sacked. I want him to be a success and play the right football and things like that. I, I might disbelieve he'll ever do it, but I won't take any pleasure when he goes. That's for sure. Um, but there's a lot more wrong at our football club than just him, as I say. And I think you're seeing that now, whether he goes or not, there are big problems at our football club with, with a large number of the players that are employed by it. So it's the easy thing to sack him, but that, that won't get us as anywhere near where we should be. Yeah, it's a sticking plaster, isn't it? It's just sticking yeah. plasters yeah. all the time. So uh, listen, uh, listeners, please keep safe keep well believe it or not there are more important things than tottenham your health and your family and everything so just make sure you keep football in perspective and where it should be but oh man it does sting for this evening doesn't it so <laughs> look try and have a good weekend etc like don't don't hit the bottle like i have this evening kids all right it's very irresponsible i'm 51 there's no no hope for me but you've still got time get out while you can kids all right thank you once again for downloading we will be back with you on sunday and as ever oh it doesn't even feel right to say this but we always finish with it come on you spurs sports social podcast network Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.